Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Arise to Truth. My name is Wesley Simons, and I preach for the Stony Creek Church of Christ in Elizabethan, Tennessee. I'm Elton Mathers, the Dean of Curriculum at the Tri-City School of Preaching and Christian Development, and the preacher at the Mount Olivet Church of Christ in Greenville, Tennessee. My name is Ethan Tate. I'm a third-year student here at the Tri-City School of Preaching and Christian Development, and I'm also the preacher at the Red Oak Church of Christ in Weaverville, North Carolina. Boy, it's good to have these men with us. Good to have you with us by way of radio and internet. If you are where you can, please go get your Bible, pencil, and paper. And for the next one hour, study with us the greatest of all books, the inspired, inerrant, perfect will of God. Now, as you go to get that Bible, stop by that telephone. Call a friend, a loved one. Tell them that the Arise to Truth radio program is on the air. Now, if they're local, we're located 690 on your AM dial and 93.3 on your FM dial. But if they're out of town, out of state, out of country, tell them to get on the Internet, type in AriseToTruth.com, and when our web page comes up, click on the banner, Listen Live Here, and you've got us. To all of you who make it a regular practice to be with us, thank you much for being a part of the Arise to Truth radio program. As we say, this is your program. We study what you want to study. We go where you want to go. And we leave it up to you by way of emails, letters, and phone calls as far as the direction of this program. Now, you'll need that phone number. It's 512 512- 9226 512 9226 Now if your loved one is out of town, out of state, out of country, tell them they're going to have to dial that area code. And it is 423 then 512 9226 For all of you who have called and been a part of our program, thank you much for being a part of the Arise to Truth radio program. Now, gentlemen, we've been talking about the book of Jude when we could. We uh, only covered one verse because of the massive number of phone calls, but that's all right. We don't mind that at all. So we're going to back up and look at Jude, verse 1. You say, what chapter? There's only one chapter. So we're in Jude Verse 1, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Now, we commented on this several ways. This Jude is the brother to our Lord and the brother to James, as he states here in the salutation. Now, I want you to notice that Mary was not a perpetual virgin. We read that to you from Matthew chapter 1, from Mark chapter 6, to demonstrate that Catholics are totally wrong. And by the way, an article that's now circulating on Facebook, the Catholics declaring, in essence, we don't need Jesus as long as we got Mary and as long as we got the Catholic Church. To which we respond in kindness. 
hogwash. Friends, there's no other way from here to glory except through Jesus Christ. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. They have made a goddess out of Mary. How sad when you try to bypass the Savior of the world. And we told you last program how they have also given up on the second coming. According to the Catholics, Jesus Christ has not come back in 2,000 years, and more than likely he's not coming back. And by the way, the reason he turned water into wine, according to them, and got to nipping on the wine and got a little high and was very loose on what he had to say. You talking about blasphemy Mm -hmm. and destroying the inspiration of the Word of God? Come on, folks. We got to believe the Word of God, not the Catholic Church, not even the Church of Christ. You believe the Word of God. And that's what this program's all about, trying to sell you on the Word of God. No church, including the Church of Christ, has a right to make laws and loose laws. The Lord's Church is to uphold what the Word of God says. We're the pillar in the ground of the truth, not the originator thereof. And a lot of people can't get that in their head. Then it says, mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. That's the reason Christ came. For mercy. You need mercy. You don't want justice? Neither do I. And we want a peace that passeth all understanding that can only be given by the Godhead. And love, love from the Father to us and our love to him and to one another. And that ought to be multiplied constantly. Now verse 3, beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation. I want you to notice the salvation ought to be common. That is, the salvation I got ought to be the same kind you got. The plan I obeyed ought to be the plan you obeyed if we believe the Bible correctly. Then he said, It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Now I want you to notice the Greek says, which was once and for all Mm -hmm. delivered unto the saints. And that faith is so wonderful, so valuable, that we're to contend earnestly for it. But I am here to tell you that religious groups have given up basically on any defense of the Word of God and the teachings thereof. They've given up by going by creed books, their feelings, what mom and dad has taught them, what some preacher has said. Friends, we're to contend earnestly for the faith. And ladies and gentlemen, there's not but one the faith, definite article, the, which was once and for all delivered unto the saints. That's right, Wesley. And notice he says we're to earnestly contend for the faith, not be contentious. That's the problem today. So many people are contentious That's concerning, right. concerning the, the faith system. And we need to follow the faith system because it's been delivered to us. We don't have no new revelations. We got... One revelation from God, and that's the book that we all have of the Bible, 
and a good reliable translation of it. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, he said that God has uh, given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And that goes hand in hand with what Jude is writing here as well. Because we don't, we don't need anything else. As Wesley talked about in other books that different religious groups have. We don't need those books. we got the greatest book in the world. And it will always stand the test of time. It will stand against all those critics that are against it. It has in the past. It will continue to do so. But our part of it is to make sure that we always defend the system of faith, the new, the new Testament that we live in, as well as the Old Testament, because it points towards the New Testament. The New Testament verifies the Old Testament. So we love the, the, all of the Bible. They say, well, you Church of Christ people just don't believe in the Old Testament. Yeah, we believe in the Old Testament. We couldn't read the New Testament without quotations from the Old Testament. That's right. And uh, every scripture is inspired, Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. God breathed into the writers all things that we need to know. And boy, what a great book it is, Wesley. That's exactly right. You know, also, if you look in the book of Galatians, Paul would even um, give the same argument as Peter did, and even Jude. If there's anyone who's going to preach another gospel, which there is no other gospel, there's going to be some who are going to pervert the gospel of Christ. These people who come in uh, like Joseph Smith or Ellen G. White claiming that they have new testimony, a new revelation brought in from God because they are, quote-unquote, one of the lost prophets through time. The Bible says the faith was only delivered once. After that, like Brother Milton said, uh, correctly, there's not going to be another one. And the only reason someone would say or even claim that I have new testimony from God, New Testament revealed to me, they want to change something that's found within Scripture. They don't agree with what God says. And just as Paul would say in his own preaching, Galatians chapter 1, verse 10, For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. And that's exactly what they were trying to do. They were trying to please themselves. They were trying to please others. They definitely weren't trying to please God. And find it interesting when you watch these TV programs on Sunday, you know, religious programs, the man up there will be speaking, and he'll stop all of a sudden. He'll say, he'll pause, and like he's getting some new revelation. He says, yeah, the Holy Spirit told me, or God told me to tell you this. Like he's getting some new revelation. And when he speaks, supposedly what he had heard and was revealed to him, it's contrary to what the Bible teaches. You can't find that statement anywhere in the Bible. And an interesting as well, the people out there in the audience got their Bibles open, pens and paper in hand and they're agreeing with him you know like it's like it's inspired revelation that god revealing to him some new information that we need well that's certainly not true that is false and people are so deceived by it they need to open up their bibles and check him out first john chapter 4 verse 1 you know try the spirits prove the spirits whether from god or not and everything that's spoken in the bible is from god mm-hmm. you know milton and ethan We've had preachers get upset because of our program trying to call people back to God in the Bible and exposing man-made creeds, doctrines, and churches. Oh, when we were at the studio, they'd even come to the studio, be all upset. And we'd ask them, well, study with us. I'm not studying with you. My, my. Hmm. And the Bible says they're to contend earnestly for the faith, which was once and for all delivered unto the saints, and 
They're to be ready always to give an answer mm-hmm. to every person that asketh them of the reason of the hope that lieth in them with meekness and fear. First Peter three fifteen. Mm-hmm. And they're not about to do that. And we know why they're not about to do that. They cannot produce book, chapter, and verse on the existence of the church with which they're affiliated. They cannot establish the plan of salvation they teach or the worship system in which they're involved or the moral code they endorse or the organization of the church of which they're a member. And, oh, all they can do is get mad. Oh, you know, that's what the Pharisees and Sadducees, Herodians and Romans did to Jesus Christ. They got mad. And all he is trying to do is call them back to the Father's will. But, boy, they couldn't stand that. Well, remember, religious people crucified the Son of God. And if he came back today, they'd do it again. There's no doubt about it. They cannot stand the light of God's word shining upon their false doctrine. It burns them up. See, truth never looks better until it's compared with the creeds, the doctrines, and the precepts of men to show how ridiculous man-made doctrines are. Now, friends, that's why this program stands out so clearly as opposed to other programs. What do we give you? Book, chapter, and verse. We're not on here telling you all on the way to the studio, praise God. God laid this on my heart. No, we're not telling you that. Our God spoke to me directly as I was driving in And he said this, Wesley, be sure and tell the audience this. And by the way, when they really get into that kind of thing, the bottom line is God finally tells them, tell the audience to send money. Friends, God Almighty is not talking to those men except through the Word of God. Mm -hmm. Same way he's talking to you, same way he's talking to me. Now watch verse 4. And you're going to get a snapshot of your modern-day preachers. For they, notice, for there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, when they refuse to accept the words of Jesus Christ, like he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, they're denying the only Lord Jesus Christ. When they refuse to accept what the Lord said, that he was building one church upon this rock, I will build my church, they are denying the Lord Jesus Christ. When they refuse to worship the way the New Testament teaches, They are denying the Lord Jesus Christ. When they teach, oh, as some of them do, I believe they're saved people in all religions, including the Muslims, the Hindus, the Buddhists. They're denying the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, 
they have crept in unawares. You know why they crept in unawares? They're carrying the good old King James Version of the Bible. They're talking about God. They're talking about Jesus Christ. They're talking about going to heaven. They're talking about missing hell. But they don't tell you the whole story. See, Jesus explained, Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravening wolves. Oh, they look like one in the flock. They look like a sheep that belongs to God Almighty. But really, they're wolves. And he says there's going to be a bunch of people misled. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will, doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many, many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, cast out demons in thy name, done many wonderful works in thy name, and then will I profess unto them, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. I never knew you. You never recognized them. Friends, are you in that category? Am I? Is there any way to determine who's in and who's out? Absolutely. There's a lie detector, a lie detector, and it's the Word of God. And friends, you've got to take your belief system. If you're honest, and you can't go to heaven if you're not, you've got to take your belief system and compare it to the Word of God. You know, Wesley, as well, you were talking about uh, men who would creep in unawares. It reminds me of a story someone told me at Red Oak. Uh, His sister had taken... Uh, flyer that we had from Red Oak and it had some um, I think it was an article on baptism and the lady took the article to her preacher and he was a preacher of the local Baptist church and when she presented him the article he just held up his Bible and said well I don't see anything different we preach from the same Bible but it's really more than that 2 Timothy 2.15 would tell us that we have to rightly divide the truth that would imply that there's people who unrightly divide the truth they don't divide the truth or even interpret scripture correctly that's why it's very critical that we study to show ourselves approved and in teaching others as well that's exactly right yeah it's a shame that people don't heed to the word of god because the word god tells us and jesus mentioned several times that there are going to be false prophets come into the world and you can know who they are and peter addresses this in second peter chapter 2 in the beginning of verse 1, he said, But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privately shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring them upon themselves swift destruction. Notice their end result. Many shall follow their pernicious ways. What, some 46,000 even today from that time onward, Wesley, are following their pernicious ways? That's exactly right. Arise the truth, you on the air. Go ahead, please. Yes, Brother Wesley, just listening to what you said about Jude there, would that not be blaspheming of the Holy Spirit? Yes, if they continue in that uh, pattern, yes, absolutely. That would, be the, that would be that sin. They don't want to know what the book said. They just want what they think or what's been taught by their parents or somebody else. Yes, that's right. Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Have a good one, brother. 
brothers doing a good job. Okay, thank you much. Bye. All right, you too might want to be a pro, uh, part of the program like that caller. Call 512-9226. Milton, did you get through with your comments? No, I was going to finish re- uh, reading there in Peter. Uh, verse 3 says, and, uh, and through covetousness shall they with feigned words, sound like Isaiah, smooth, smooth words, uh, feigned words, Make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. So we see that even Peter makes reference concerning these individuals as well. Imagine denying the Lord. They claim to claim the Lord, but really in actuality, they're denying the Lord. They're not doing what the Lord says to do. That's exactly and, right. And uh, we're in a mess that we're in today because people follow these false doctrines. Instead of putting a stop to them, they go right along with it. It's why it's escalating. I mean, it's so out of proportion nowadays and compared to years gone by is because people are not reading and studying their Bibles, following along to correct these false teachers and correct them. And uh, what a shame it is. But our job is is to always uphold the faith system, even through the avenue of debate, if necessary. You know, Milton and Ethan, we got people today, religious people, they see nothing wrong with being a homosexual. Nothing wrong with shacking up. We had a lady come here one time, she and her husband. Oh, we found the right church. Praise God for that. Well, they wanted to place membership with us. Well, number one, they hadn't obeyed the gospel. Number two, they were shacked up. And so we went to visit with them and told them there's no way you can be accepted into fellowship and you shacked up, and you've not obeyed the gospel. Well, they were willing to obey the gospel, but they wanted to continue to stay shacked up. Well, nope, can't do that. Well, uh, they had been divorced from their mates unscripturally, and they said, well, Wesley, y'all probably wouldn't let us get married scripturally. I said, you can't get married scripturally if you told us the truth that you're divorced unscripturally to your original mate, and now you're wanting to be married to somebody else's mate, that's not going to work. Well, you know what they decided to do? Well, since we can't be members at the Stony Creek Church of Christ shacked up, we'll go join a denominational church. They did. And she is the choir director. Isn't that something? Hmm. My, my. And you, you've got denominational churches accepting lesbians that are married, men that have married men, endorsing social drinking, gambling, every ungodly thing one can imagine, and claiming to be God's people. Friends, read the Old Testament. Please, we beg you. Watch the children of Israel and other nations try that same stuff and see what God did. How did God respond? Whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. We better learn. We better see something about the nature of the Most High God as we read the Bible. Friends, why did he destroy Sodom and Gomorrah? Because he didn't like the location of the cities? Because 
they built buildings of a design for which he was not appreciative? Is that it? No. It was because of homosexuality. Now, Wesley, as well, you make reference to Romans 15, verse 4. I believe it's in Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 20. It would say, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, mm -hmm. that put darkness for light and light for darkness, and put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Us calling sin good is nothing new. It's always been in the world, at least as long as men has been wanting to do what they want, not so much what God says. You know, that's exactly right. Remember, when Ahab and Jezebel killed Naboth for his vineyard, and oh Ahab goes out there to look at that vineyard, oh, he's so proud he's got it. When all of a sudden a shadow, so to speak, falls across his, and it's the shadow of Elijah. And you know what Ahab said? Thou art the one that troubleth Israel. Oh, you know why he is troubling Israel? Because he taught the truth. He stood against Baal, the false god, and all false gods. He had taken the prophets of Baal on and destroyed them on Mount Carmel. And here's a man, Ahab and Jezebel, who killed a man just to get his vineyard. And Ahab has the gall to say that the preacher's the problem. That's what Herod and Herodias thought about John the Baptist. The preacher's the problem. Behead him. That's what the Jews thought about Jesus Christ. The preacher's the problem. Crucify him. Friends, the problem is anyone that will not align himself with the Word of God. There's the problem. Be it me or you, we got to do what the Word of God says. And, buddy, you find people today kicking, bucking, trying to destroy God's Word. Have you noticed they're wanting to take, in God we trust, off of various things in America? Have you noticed they don't want Scripture reading and prayer in school? Have you noticed the government's trying to divorce itself Totally from God Almighty. They got to because of the ungodly things they're endorsing. And evolution and humanism is ruling the day where it says, in essence, we evolved from slime, and slime we are. And lo and behold, we have begun to live like slime, killing one another. And we can't figure out what the problem is. That's right. You know, when you read the Old Testament, boy, you, we sure need to learn from the Old Testament. Because God right. didn't put up with nothing. I mean, absolutely nothing. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, going along with Romans chapter 15, verse 4, beginning of verse 1 says, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant. So we don't want to be ignorant concerning the word of God, what he says about these matters. How that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized unto Moses in the cloud and the sea, did all eat the same spiritual meat, and did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ Jesus. But with many of them, notice, but with many of them, God was not well pleased. And because of that, they were overthrown in the wilderness. 
Now these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things they also lusted. Boy, the world is full of lust today. Neither be ye idolaters as some of them, as is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication, and as some of them committed, it fell one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of the serpents. Neither murmur ye, as some of them murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happened unto them for examples. They are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world will come. Wherefore let him that thinketh he stand and take heed lest he fall. You think you can overcome these things? Look at our world today has been mentioned here. All the things are going on just like it was then. And what happened to them? They were destroyed. You think God is going to pass over that today? No, he's not going to pass over it. There's Milton, a great judgment coming. That's right, Milton. Oh, you made a great point. And this is where Jude's going to take up. Notice Jude's going to say, God did not spare the Israelites. He's then going to say God didn't spare the angels. He's going to say God didn't spare Sodom and Gomorrah. And if you go back to uh, Peter where he was reading earlier, he didn't spare the old world. So the question is, what makes you think, what makes me think, I'm going to be the great exception? Now watch it. Now Milton just read from 1 Corinthians 10, watch this. This is Jude 5. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this. Knew what? How that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. Oh, they came out of the land of Egypt with faith. I know that. The Bible tells me by faith. They passed through the Red Sea. See, the Bible tells me they came out with faith and were destroyed because of unbelief. Now, does that sound like one saved, always saved? Friends, if people become so disobedient, the God of heaven has to destroy them. And he destroyed all that were numbered 20 and above, saved two people, Joshua and Caleb. Then I know that once saved, always saved, is not a Bible doctrine. But I want you to notice, the Israelites were not an exception to the rule that you obey God and keep his word. But neither were the angels, verse 6. And the angels which kept not their first estate. And by the way, folks, it appears that angels were placed in heaven strictly, strictly, by the wonderful, amazing grace of God. No trial period like we're going through. God put them in heaven. But it appears that once he put them there strictly by grace, that if they sin, there's no redemptive process for them because they had seen the beauty of heaven, the majesty of God, the greatness of the Christ, and the splendor of the Holy Spirit. Now, with that in mind, it says, then the angels which kept not their first estate. Notice the angels were under a God-given obligation to keep their first estate. So are you and I. The Bible says keep yourself in the love of God. We're to keep ourselves in the love of God. 
but left their own habitation. They gave up heaven. He hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Man alive. See, there's two kinds of angels. You might say obedient and disobedient. And the disobedient have been cast out and reserved in chains until that great day of judgment. And the Bible says, by the way, we shall judge angels. Now, what that means is that those of us who go through this life obedient, we're teaching the disobedient angels, even human beings, could hear the Word of God, keep the Word of God, but you were in the very presence of God, and you kept not your first estate. Gentlemen? And it's sad to, to lose that habitation, That's something right. that they have for eternity. That's right. And if we don't, we don't obey the gospel of Christ and be faithful as New Testament Christians belonging to the one church, obeying the right plan, one plan of salvation, and living the faithful Christian life, to lose that estate, it's a reservation there. It's waiting for us upon the faithful ones to, to be in that place after the judgment begins. And how sad it is. All these religious people claim to know God, know Jesus Christ, but really they don't know God and don't know Jesus Christ because they're not doing what he says. And then they're not going to even come near close to making that, e that appointment, that eternal appointment of where life is. But their appointment is going to be, sadly, a place of hell, a place of darkness, a place of mourning and crying and just wishing that they'd... Uh, obeyed the gospel of Christ and New Testament Christians who fell away no longer faithful wishing that they'd been faithful to lose that estate of eternal life that's what life is all about in eternity and compared to this life is you know this life has ups and downs in it we're living that's life but eternal life is no comparison to the life that we live now it is ongoing everlasting never to cease never to come to an end and it is truly life because you'll be in the presence of God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, all those who live the faithful Christian life. What a glory it will be in a glorious place. But hell don't have any of that. You know, Milton, I think that's absolutely correct. I'm thinking a lot of people around my age range in their late teens or 20s, 30s, we're building a family, we're getting a good job, we're graduating college, we're making good money, we're raising, starting our family, we just got our first puppy, oh, the kittens are beautiful, oh, this home is great. You know, this world's only temporary. Paul would even tell the Corinthians, we don't look on the things which are temporary. We look on the things which are eternal. Mm -hmm. We look on the things which are not seen. Paul would even encourage them in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, there is an accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. When you take God as a joke, when you take religion as a joke, when you think that there's no such thing as true doctrine, the one church, the one faith, the one body, you're risking your entire eternity because you're not willing to look into it for yourself. You're relying on the message of others. You're relying on uh, what you think or assume is correct. But why should you live your life in assumptions. Why can't you live your life in knowing that God can back you up where you stand because you believe and you follow what God says? 
You know, Ethan, that is so true. And I, I was sitting here jotting down a few things as you were talking and thinking about, you know, what Jude had said. How Jude said that some of these people had crept in unawares and they were denying the very Lord God and Lord Jesus Christ that died for them and loved them and tried to get them out of their sin. Now, with that in mind, we contend that's where the religious world is. Mm-hmm. Now, preachers, we know you you listen, and thank you for doing that. And we hope that we can provoke your thought pattern to get you to back up and ask, am I on the Lord's side? Now, here's what we'd like for one of you preachers to do, or several. We'll give you airtime, free airtime. Call in and admit the Bible is the only standard and contained therein are all things that pertain unto life and godliness. And the congregation where you are does not need to hear any new revelation that you claim that you might have received. And that there's only one faith and all other faiths other than the one promoted by the Bible is wrong. Therefore, there is but one church the one for which Jesus died. We'd like for you to say, I endorse the one church concept, and anybody that says one church is just as good as another is lying to the American people and to the world. We'd like to hear you endorse the plan of salvation that's Holy Spirit given, like on the day of Pentecost, or like Ananias told Saul of Tarsus, or like Peter told Cornelius, and say, yeah, they got it right. You better believe they got it right. Tell me you believe Jesus when he said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Do you believe that? Will you tell the listening audience that Jesus Christ is the only way from here to glory? Will you tell the listening audience that they must worship the way the New Testament teaches we must worship. And the moral code of the Word of God is the moral code that everyone, including the American government, must endorse or be in trouble with God Almighty. Man, we'd love to give you free airtime just to say God's right. Christ is right. The Holy Spirit is right. The Bible is right. Therefore, there's not but one church, one plan of salvation, one faith, one way from here to glory. 512-9226. We're looking forward to hearing from you preachers. Now, we know you also teach, pray the sinner's prayer to be saved. When you call, give us book, chapter, and verse for that. 512 9226, are you telling them what God has taught in God's Word or what Satan has taught in the creeds, the doctrines, the precepts of men? Man, we'd love to hear from you. We'd like for you to muster up the courage that Jude 3 says you've got to have, where you've got to contend earnestly for the faith which was once and for all, delivered unto the saints. 
Now, friends, that's what we do every Tuesday and Thursday, and we try to do it in love. We try to provoke your thinking. Common sense would tell you that 45,000 different religious groups claiming to follow the Bible can't be right. No way in the world. Just tune in an all-religious station. Tune in an all-religious television station and listen to these people. No wonder atheism is on the rise. No wonder people despise Christianity. Well, who in the world wants to follow a book that you can have a preacher and a little group crop up over here and teach anything they want to teach and claim they're following God? Then another group deny exactly what they're teaching and say they're on the Lord's side. And then someone else across town say one good thing about it. We don't agree with either one of them, but everybody's right. Come on, friends. God gave you a good mind. And he gave you an inspired book. And he knows how to communicate. And he's trying to tell you something. He's trying to tell me something. And he's trying to tell us because he loves us. And he wants us to go to heaven. Now watch this. As we talk about morality, and we notice God did not tolerate the Israelites when they disobeyed, angels when they disobeyed, or even whole cities when they disobeyed. Verse 7, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Now, God, why in the world did you destroy Sodom and Gomorrah? They went after strange flesh. You know, when you read the book of Proverbs, you got Solomon warning his sons not to go after strange women or strange doctrine. You know what strange is in that case? Unauthorized. See, there's unauthorized flesh. I can't be with just any woman, but only one. Every other woman is strange flesh to me as per the Word of God. And if a man falls in love with a man, he's going after strange flesh. That's what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. And it's called fornication. And in Romans 1, 26, 27, it's called lust. And leaving the natural use of the mate's body. And I want you to notice it says they're set forth for an example. Well, America better learn what the example is. But America's not learning. And then it says suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Notice it says suffering. That means right now. They're suffering the vengeance of eternal fire right now. They're going to do it in all eternity, but they're doing it right now. Friends, it makes a difference how you live. There is a moral code endorsed by God. And there is a moral code that's despised by the true and living God. True morality flows from the very essence and nature of God Almighty. That's right, Wes. And he, uh, <clears throat> he said to put them in remembrance. Uh, some, a lot of people probably listen to the radio program, get tired of hearing 
over and over again the plan of salvation given throughout the program as well as to the end at every program. And when you come into a Church of Christ preaching going on, the meeting that's going on, you'll always hear the plan of salvation given. And a lot of people get tired of hearing what God requires of them to do to be saved, to become a New Testament Christian. And all the more reason why we put people in remembrance so they remember those things. And hopefully it'll come to the point, they'll remember it to the degree that they'll obey it. Because we, he's talking about eternal, uh, mentioned there in that, that verse about something about eternal fire. Can you imagine being in an eternal fire that never consumes nor annihilates nor ever goes away, but that burning sensation like the rich man in Luke chapter 16, verse eight, 18 and following? He had a burning sensation that never consumed him. Imagine the pain and agony of that. And that will be ongoing. That will be in uh, throughout eternity. Matthew chapter 25, I believe in verse 46, yes. And these shall go, this word is being used here. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. Comes from the Greek word anos, if I pronounce it right. It means uh, everlasting never to cease, never to come to an end. So however long heaven is, is everlasting, is the same for eternal fire, which is everlasting, never to cease, never to come to an end. Can you imagine being in a place there, being condemned because you didn't obey the gospel, you don't belong to the one New Testament church you read about in the New Testament? And uh, that's where one will be. But people do not take that serious. And all the more reason for have a radio program to put you in remembrance that you'll change your life now because we're on a probationary period for that place of eternal, whichever place it's going to be. You make the choice by the way that you live, whether you obey the gospel or not. And if you do not obey the gospel and not being faithful, you know where your destiny will be, and we're going to remind you of that periodically on this program. You know, Milton, I think you're absolutely correct. I'd focus on the word example. Did you know that those people in Sodom and Gomorrah about 4,000, 4,500-ish years ago, they were once alive? They were just as alive as you are right now. Did you know those people who came out of the land of Egypt, they had souls? They were once alive just like you are alive and breathing right now? How many times can you leave this life and fall into the hands of God? It's appointed only once for man to die. And after this, it's the judgment. We have to take care and take heed. These people were real people, and this could be your story. We don't want that to be your end. I don't want that to be my end either. But we do want you to try to find what's good, good eternal life, good sound doctrine, find truth, that which is written in God's Word. That's exactly right. And Milton brought up hell and how terrible hell is. But... Among denominational people, hell has disappeared. Right. Boy, years ago, they preached hellfire and brimstone. It could be said if you went to one of their meetings, they preached on hell in such a way you could feel the heat, same way with the Church of Christ. But now we got people saying, oh, God's too loving, too kind to let anybody go to hell i tell you what you do. You just think about the people you know and think about asking them this question. If you should die right now, 
Would you go to heaven or would you go to hell? And I guarantee you, 80% of them are headed to heaven. They'll tell you that. We're right here on Highway 91, and if we should take a group and go one way and then another group and go the other way and knock on doors and say we, we're taking a survey, when you die, do you expect to go to heaven or hell? Well, no doubt about it. They're going to heaven. They're not doing what heaven wants done, but that's where they're going. But you know, when you read Matthew 7, 13 and 14, the Bible says the majority of the people are going the broad way. That's right. And few there be that find it, speaking of heaven and eternal life. Friends, let me tell you, preachers have become weak-kneed, wishy-washy, namby-pamby, and what they got to say is worthless. It wouldn't save anybody. Now, if we're going to be God's people, we got to proclaim truth and love. That means speaking plainly. Oh, but Wesley, you're going to offend some. Well, that's what they told Jesus. Lord, knowest thou not that they, that you offended the Pharisees? That was not his intent. It's not ours. It was his intent to inform. That's ours. It was his intent to warn. That's ours. It was his intent to love them correctly. That is ours. Now, friends, if somebody's house is on fire and they're on the inside, if you love them for crying out loud, beat on the door. And if you have to, kick the stupid door in to try to go in and rescue them. Well, the religious world's house is on fire because it's a house that's not going to stand. And we're trying to beat on the door. And to be honest with you, we're trying to kick the door in to get people to think about God his way. Doing it one way, the way God Almighty says do. We want the attitude that Jesus had. When he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, if that cup by any chance could pass by him, and then he said, nevertheless, not my will be done, but thine. Now look at verse 8 in Jude. Likewise also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. I want you to notice false teachers defile the flesh. They'll tell you it's all right to be a woman and marry a woman. That defiles the flesh. It's all right to be a man and marry a man. That defiles the flesh. It's all right to divorce for any reason and remarry. That defiles the flesh. Once saved, always saved is true. So after you're saved, you can live any way you want to. That defiles the flesh. Yeah, but God says you can't do that. Oh, they despise dominions and speak evil of dignities. And when they say that what God says is not true, they're speaking evil of dignities. When the Word of God comes right out and says if one tries to justify himself by the old law, he falls from grace, and then some arrogant preacher stands in the face of God and says, that's not true. He's speaking evil of dignities. He's speaking evil about God Almighty. 
And, boy, he's going to answer for that come judgment day. Even though people make the claim of calling Lord or calling upon God to do this and that and make reference concerning them, but they don't do what he says to do, that's the same point being applied here. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Old Testament, you know, they knew God, but they didn't do what God said. When Jesus came on the scene, they didn't recognize Jesus as being God with all the miracles and signs that he did. And so they uh, crucified him because they thought that he was going against God, but he wasn't going against God. He was trying to save them. He was their Savior, and they rejected that. And In Acts chapter 2, verse 36, when they, Peter preached that great, powerful sermon, they recognized that they had crucified the Lord. Have you crucified the Lord? You have. You've spoken against him. You have if you've not done what he says. Why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? And that's their, the religious world today, calling upon the Lord, they're not doing what he says, so that's going speaking evil in that sense of that. And uh, people need to make the change before it's too late. And sadly, sadly, it is the case. They like it the way it is. Whatever the preacher says, good enough for me, or what mom and dad says is good enough for me, and it, you're not going to change it. And that's probably pretty much true, Wesley. You know, Melton, I want you to notice this. Here we are, a group of men trying to call people back to God, Christ, the Holy Spirit, going strictly by the Bible, doing Bible things, Bible ways, calling Bible things by Bible names. With the attitude, speak, Lord, thy servant will obey. Let's do it God's way. Let's be a member of the church that Jesus Christ died for and none other. Let's obey the plan of salvation in the Bible, none other. Let's worship the way the Bible says worship in no other way. Let's endorse scriptural marriages in none other. Let's endorse the moral code of the Word of God, the organization for the church that God Almighty set up. Or, to put it as clearly as we know how to put it, let's do it God's way. And guess what? The religious world thinks we're a demon right out of the pits of hell. Let <laughs> nobody kid you. Well, they speak evil of dignities. Not of Ethan, Milton, or me. But they just cry out that's not true. But we're not the ones that said it. God Almighty said it. And we're strictly trying to promote what God promotes. Now, if by chance you're convinced that's not true, we'll give you equal airtime to prove that we've reasoned incorrectly upon the Scripture. More fair than that, we cannot be. But, Wesley, why would you do that? Because we want to go to heaven and we want you to go to heaven. And if there's a dispute over the verse, at least one party's wrong and maybe both. And the beautiful thing about it, when we discuss it, you get to hear, being a participant in the discussion, the listening audience gets to hear, being listeners of the conversation, and then we go to the lie detector, the Word of God, and somebody is wrong. Now, friends, when you look at 45,000 different churches with belief systems that differ, all claiming to go by the 
Bible. Somebody is lying. Somebody is not telling you the truth. Oh, but Wesley, they're sincere. Well, let's not question their sincerity. I say that could be right. But let's question the belief system. Maybe they've reasoned incorrectly. Maybe we've reasoned incorrectly. Well, how are we going to determine that? The only way it can be determined is by the Word of God. And by the way, friends, is the Lord's church here upon the face of the earth anywhere separate and apart from man-made churches and man-made doctrines, or has the devil beat the tar out of God, Christ, the Holy Spirit, to the extent you can't even find the New Testament church, the New Testament plan of salvation, New Testament worship, New Testament organization, New Testament morality anywhere? Come on, you know better than that. Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That means even the Hadean world could not keep Jesus Christ from doing what he promised to do. Friends, we believe it. We believe in God, Christ, the Holy Spirit with all of our hearts. We believe the Bible is totally correct. It's not close to being correct. It is totally correct. We're willing to defend it and do it in kindness and love and press the point and try to get everybody to realize we all need to be in one family, the family of God. We need to be fighting atheism, man-made religions. We need to be fighting evolution. We need to be fighting humanism. You see, we need to be together. And God intended for it to be together. Jesus prayed in John 17 for unity. Yes, He wanted all his believers to be one. Why, Lord, that the world might believe that thou sent me. Man, nobody can believe that God sent Christ hardly the way things set right now. Well, that clock has caught us. Thank you again for being with us. We appreciate so much you making it a regular practice to be with us. Are you a Christian? How do you become one? You hear the word of God, put your faith into Christ, repent of what Christ says is wrong, confess Christ before men, be baptized into the death of Christ, where you arise to walk in newness of life, and Christ will add you to his church, not a man-made church. Isn't that beautiful? Hey, thank you for being with us. May God richly bless you as you continue to study the greatest of all books, the inspired, inerrant, perfect will of God.